I am so glad to be here finishing out this survey or this series, the generous series, for we have been talking about what does it mean to be generous, to be open-handed? What does that look like? What is the difference between giving and having a generous mindset? What are ways, practical ways we can begin instituting things in our life with our couple or with our, in our couples and our marriages as a single person? What can we do to live the life not only that we want to live, but the life that we were designed to live by God? That's what this series has been about. Hopefully you have walked away with some practical things. I know we have a couple of visitors this morning. If you're visiting, my name is Peyton. I'm one of the ministers here at the Vero Beach Church of Christ. And I want to tell you one thing I love about this church. And if you are newer to this church family, if you are visiting for the first time, here's something you need to know right off the bat. This church is extremely generous. It is built into this church's DNA. From day one that this church was formed and started, all the years leading up to this one right now, this church is extremely generous. One of my very first impressions of this church, I was here for my interview. It was a weekend event. I taught some classes, and then I was preaching on Sunday, and I grabbed a bulletin that we used to have. Y'all remember those bulletins? Like the trifold had all—it's amazing how quickly things change, right? So I, I grabbed one of those bulletins, and I was reading through it, and I noticed that they had their Mission Sunday. We had our Mission Sunday uh, collection. Now, if you don't know what that is, once one Sunday a year, we have a mission Sunday where we have a special offering and everything we collect that Sunday goes to our mission efforts for the next year. And I looked at that number and this church, which is a fraction of the size of the church I came from in Oklahoma, raised a tremendous amount more than my church back home. Now that's not to give shade on the church back in Oklahoma, more, it, more as it is to show and bring light to a strength that this church has. You, church, are extremely generous. You always have been, and I think you always will be, because it is just part of who we are. Now, I understand and I know that we have some people here that have recently joined our church family, and you might still be warming up to this idea of generosity. I know uh, our growth track, we've had quite a few people join us, join our family in membership. We've had, as Tracy mentioned, people uh, through baptism, giving their life to Jesus. And you want to be generous. In fact, we all want to be generous. We just haven't quite gotten there yet. We don't know what it looks like. We have things holding us back because, I mean, come on. Inflation, am I right? The economy those things can often make us put generosity off for another season. Man, if I just had a higher salary, then I could be more generous. If my bank account was just a little higher, a little more comfortable, I could be more generous. If I didn't have so much debt dragging behind me, holding me back, oh, then I could be generous. Once I get rid of this, I can be generous. Oh, once I am confident of the certainty of the economy, once I know I'm secure, then I can be more generous. And listen, I'm not preaching to you. I'm preaching to us because I have added to this stack of reasons why I can't be generous right now. Why I may want to, and I have the heart to, my circumstances just don't seem right, right? We just had our second child, right? It's like, oh, 
maybe whenever they get older, I'll be a little more generous and we can just keep adding. So here's what I want to do this morning is I want to do two things. One, I want to challenge all of us. Again, not just you. I'm challenging myself here. I want to challenge you and I want to encourage you. So I want to challenge you with the idea that when generosity abounds, whenever we are willing to give openly and freely, God is able to do amazing things, not just in you, but through you. So I want to challenge you that way. But then I also want to encourage you. And what I did is this, over the past couple weeks, I sent out a survey to a couple, just a handful of our regular givers. If you didn't get that survey, don't freak out. (laughs) I just sent it to a random assortment of our regular givers. And I collected their wisdom and I've peppered it throughout this lesson because I don't want you just to hear Tracy and I's insight to generosity. I want you to hear from people that are sitting right next to you. Some of these people have gone before you and have blazed a trail of what generous living looks like. And I'm gleaning wisdom from them. So I want to encourage you with their words. But here's the leading problem in many of our lives. We have a heart to give. You have a heart to give. But you're unsure if you have the resources to give irrationally. Now here's what I mean when I say irrationally. I mean a generosity that flows from faith more than it flows from confidence. And if that still is a little fuzzy, let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Paul writes this to a church in Corinth, but he's writing to them about another church. He says this, Now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace God has given the Macedonian churches. Okay, so what have these churches been doing? In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. In summary, what's happening here is you have this Macedonian church and they are poor, like really poor, like dirt poor. (laughs) And yet, Paul uses them as an example of generosity to this church in Corinth. So this leads us to the question, how could people who have so little give so much? Now, if you know anything about Jesus, you're very familiar with this type of lesson. Jesus taught this to his disciples with the widow who gave very little compared to other people, and yet he walks away saying she gave more than anybody else. What we're saying here is that there is not a number. We're not talking about an amount when we talk about generosity. We're not talking about a percentage. We're not talking about a dollar. We're not talking about assets. We're talking about a mindset. A mindset. And that is the difference between generosity and giving. So many times it is our mindset that holds us back. You see, the Macedonian church, they were actually begging Paul for the opportunity to continue in their generosity. Despite their extreme poverty, they wanted to participate in being generous. They had this overflowing joy in their generosity. And many of you are thinking, I wish I had that. I wish I could experience that level 
of overflowing joy. I just don't know if I can. What do they have different than us? It's a mindset. It's a mindset. So this morning, I want to break down three mindsets that hold us back in our generosity. Three mindsets that hold us back from openly and freely giving because I know you. I know this church. I know your heart because I'm there. I'm right there with you. We want to give and we want to give more, but we're just not sure because our mind gets in the way. Let me give you an example of one of these mindsets that get in our way. It's the not enough mindset. That's one of them. The not enough mindset. You know what's interesting about mindset is I know people who have $100 to their name and they claim I don't have enough. I also have a group of friends that have over thousands of dollars to their name and they claim the same statement, I don't have enough. And I probably don't have to search very hard to find someone who has a million dollar to their name and would still be trying to acquire more as if they don't have enough. What's the common denominator in all of those things? It's not a dollar amount. It's not what they have. It is a mindset of not having enough. It reminds me of the comic strip. Maybe you've seen it. There's a guy walking on the road and he sees a guy with a bike and he says, man, I wish I could have a bike. I'd get around so much easier. And then it flips over and the guy on the bike is riding and he sees a car drive by and he says, man, I wish I had a car. I could just get around so much easier. And then you have the guy in the car, he's stuck in traffic and a plane flies over and he says, man, I wish I had a plane. I could get around so much easier. And then it goes back to the man walking in the first strip. And there's a guy in a wheelchair looking from the apartment and he says, I wish I had legs at work. I could get around so much easier. If you're not satisfied, if you don't feel like you have enough today, you'll never be satisfied. You'll never have enough. The truth is we serve a God who is abundant and who gives to us abundantly. He not only provides us what we need, but he wants us to serve others through us. He wants to serve others through us. But if we have this not enough mindset, then we're constantly looking inward. We're constantly acquiring, wondering, when am I going to be in a place where I feel comfortable, where I have enough, where I can finally start looking outwardly? We need to change from a not enough mindset to a more than enough mindset. I have today more than enough. You have today more than enough. What has God given you today? I I mentioned I sent out a survey to a few of our regular givers. Again, I want you to hear wisdom from the church body, not just from Tracy and I. So here is a, a nugget of wisdom from one of our members here. They said, I can say that as we, the person writing this, as we continually increase our giving, we can maintain that increase. Now, that is not necessarily from receiving more, but from a better allocation of our wealth, deciding we don't need some of the things we thought we did need, and therefore we were able to increase our giving. If you desire to be more generous, listen to this wisdom. If you desire to be more generous, then you need the motivation to continually evaluate your spending. Now that is a break from the not enough mindset. That is somebody who looks at what they have, whatever it is, and says, I have enough. Regardless of the amount of money in my bank account, it is enough. It is enough. 
Now, the question then turns, how am I being a good steward of the blessing God has entrusted to me? You see, in God's economy, there is no loss. You don't lose anything in God's economy. It's one of those strange things where math doesn't work in God's economy because you give and then you get to, you receive a blessing because you get to participate in what God is doing. So your generosity, it then folds and multiplies in on itself continually. And that's what makes irrational generosity so special to participate in. Here's another piece of wisdom from our church, one of our church family. Don't wait until you are comfortable financially to give. That day will never come. Just sit in that for a second. If you didn't give when you had little, you won't give when you have much. It's about the heart, not about the dollar amount. We must break free from the not enough mindset. If you're not happy with where you are today, you will never be satisfied. No dollar amount will meet that need that you think it will. It's holding you back from the amazing thing God wants to do in you and he wants to do through you. Not enough mindset. Here's another mindset that holds us back in our generosity. It's the my resources mindset. These are my resources. Now, we touched on this last week, but there's a few people here that weren't, that weren't here with us last week. There's also, this is something I think we need to go a little deeper in of what does it mean that these are not my resources? First Chronicles chapter 29, verse 14 says this, but who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you, God, everything. And we have given you only what comes from your hand. You see, whenever you gain that type of perspective about what you own, you begin to realize that these aren't blessings, these blessings, these things, these assets, this money that I have, these are my resources. This is God's resources. I am simply a steward of what God has given and entrusted to me. Now, here's the beautiful thing that unlocks whenever you can finally turn that switch in your brain, whenever you can finally shift that mindset, is you begin to actually look for ways to bless other people with what you have. It's a lot easier to spend somebody else's money, isn't it? Somebody gives you a credit card, it's like, go crazy. You're like, I don't even know what I want, but I'll go get it. Imagine God, if everything you have, that's God giving you that money and saying, go and be generous. Go and give it away. Go and spend it and bless people through it. And whenever this happens and it's your, it's no longer your resources as God's, you say, God, you've given me all of this. What can I do to help other people? You know, in most families, there's at least one person who manages the finances, right? They pay the bills, they write the checks, they make the online payments. If you're that person in your family, raise your hand. You're the finance person. You handle it all. Okay, great. Look around. Yeah. Everybody not raising your hand. Raise your hand again. Everybody not raising your hand. Get to know those people. Okay. Get to know those people. They're going to help you out. They're going to, they're going to get you on the right track. Look, let's watch how they live their life. Watch how their brain works. Now let's do the other side. If you are the spender in your family, raise your hand. Go on, come on, raise your hand. If you're the spender in your family, some of you are a little shy. Okay, everybody not raising your hand, raise your hand, spenders. Look at those people because those people are going to help you have a little bit of fun. <laughs> They're going to help you loosen up a little bit, right? Darian is our financial person, 
right? She is just wired that way. She's good at it. She's one of those creatures that likes spreadsheets, Ugh, right? But she loves them. She can sit at a spreadsheet all day. I, I'm a dreamer. I dream about all the way we can spend our money. Just, I can dream it up. And she brings my feet back down to earth, right? So for many marriages, managing money conversations, they can be tricky. Studies say that the majority of divorces, they can spur somewhere along the way with money conversations that went awry. Darian and I, we've been blessed for eight plus years of marriage, and we have yet had a single argument about money. Now, if you are a young married person, lean in, because I'm going to tell you why one of the major reasons is. We have a dollar amount that we have set. And anything that we want to spend over that dollar amount, we talk to each other about it first. We just talk to each other. And it's as simple as that. We talk. We stay in dialogue. In fact, we have a monthly conversation about where is our money going? Where do we want it to go? You just have to ask those two questions and you're already on the right track to putting your money where it needs to go. Here's some more wisdom about managing money. Now remember, this is breaking that mindset that these are not my resources, these are God's resources. And so if they are God's resources, I need to be a good steward of what God has entrusted me. Here's some great wisdom from one of our members of our church family. First, they said you need a budget. You need a budget. Now we've talked about this in length. We talked about it uh, last week, talked about it. Tracy talked about it a couple weeks before that. We've given you a couple of tools, but you need to start a budget. If you are married, you need to start a budget. If you're single, you need to start a budget. And you can do this as soon as tonight. Sit down, look at your finances, start a budget. Second, they said, you need to set aside the giving portion off the top. You know when you get a latte and they put like that froth on the top? right? Just like the extra. You don't need it, but it's there. That's what you need to think about your finances, right? That froth on the top is where you begin. Maybe you start, they say, with three to five percent giving, but your goal, your goal should be to continually increase the percentage taken off the top. We, the person writing this, we have reached 25 percent at this point in our lives. I don't know who this person is. This is an anonymous survey, but I am blown away every time I see that number. I can't imagine that kind of generosity in my own life. So I'm inspired. Third, you should have some planned giving, they said, such as giving to the church, but you should also have a portion for unplanned giving. What do they mean by that? Well, they said you will find that when you do that, a door will be open to help someone or some organization. When we, the person writing this, first started intentionally doing that, we had $200 set aside. Within a couple of weeks, a couple at church needed to repair their vehicle for $180, but they didn't have it, and they didn't have another car. Coincidence? They didn't think so, especially since it just keeps happening. You see, when you recognize that everything that God has given you it is not yours to inwardly spend on yourself, but it's you are a steward of what God has given you. It becomes easy to implement these practices in your life. To begin looking at the beginning of your paycheck, what goes to God first and then what comes to me. To set money aside to saying, how can I bless somebody with this? Of looking outwardly and trusting God to work in you 
and through you. So what do we know? What do we know so far? We know we need to change our mindset when it comes to generosity, that our mind is often holding us back from what our heart wants to do. We want to live generous lives, but it, things get in the way. One of those mindsets that get in the way is that I don't have enough. It's the not enough mindset. We need to shift that to more than enough. What God has given me today is more than enough. If I'm not satisfied today, I will never be satisfied. What has God given me? The second mindset we need to change is the my resources to God's resources. That this is God's to give out. And whenever I can do that, I can openly and freely give. And the last mindset that we need to change It's the I'll give when mindset to the I'll give now mindset. Let's return to 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 11. It says, now finish the work so that your eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion of it according to your means. Here's what's happening. Paul, he's writing, he's talking to this Corinthian church. A year earlier, this church said that they were committed to giving. They were eager to give, but they didn't follow through on their eagerness. Paul is saying your life needs to match the eagerness that you have. If you want to experience the overflowing joy of generosity that the Macedonian church experienced, then you can't just have the intention of giving. You can't just plan to give. You can't just have the thought to one day give. You need to step into it. Despite how uncomfortable it might be at any moment in your life, you must step into it. Do it now. Don't do it later. Here's the remarkable thing. As I thought about generosity and I thought about this idea of doing it now versus doing it later, is that God made the first move in generosity. And he didn't wait to do it. Man, and aren't I glad that God didn't wait until I was ready before he gave me salvation or the option for it. You see, from the moment God imparted life to mankind to the climactic gift of salvation in the death of Jesus Christ, God has given us a model of supreme, radical, sacrificial giving to his followers. He has set the mode for us. He has given us the mold for our own lives. And that word sacrifice, many of us kind of pull away from it, yet that's exactly what we must do if we want to give generously. We must be willing to sacrifice something that is of value to us, time, money, security, and extend it to somebody else who we love. You see, that's the difference between generosity and giving. You can give begrudgingly and devoid of love. But true generosity is always initiated by love. Because God is love, as our hearts become molded in his likeness, we will naturally move towards greater generosity. But before we move in acting generous towards other people, we must transform our hearts, our souls, and our mind. And that transformation happens when we realize that God gave first. He gave generously first. He didn't wait to give. He did it without us asking. So what do we want for you? We want you to live a life that is abundant and full. Where you're living with overflowing joy and generosity. Some of you are already experiencing this. And we want you to experience it even more remarkably.
Others of you, you're standing on the sideline and you're waiting for the right opportunity to lean into generosity. I want to challenge you. Push through those mindset limitations, those mindset things holding you back and realize God has given you more than enough, more than what you could possibly need. And be willing to look outwardly. Maybe you start with three to five percent. Maybe it grows from there. Maybe it's just what you can do right now. Maybe it's a couple of dollars, whatever it is. Remember that in God's economy, you don't lose anything. You give, and then you get to participate in what God is doing. And it, generosity, it folds in on itself and it multiplies. And there's so many amazing things that this church is able to do through your generosity. From supporting local missions and foreign missions, of helping develop new churches across the country, of supporting young families in abortion clinic or life clinics here in Indian River County, of helping our own church family financially, spiritually. This church has been involved for years in the life and love and service towards others. And for others of you, you just need to realize that the things that you have, they are not yours. That you are simply a steward of the things that God has given you. And whenever you can finally make that switch in your mind, you say, God, I am simply a conduit for the generosity in my life to others around me. Where do you need me, God? You know, God says whenever you give to your brothers and sisters that you are actually giving to him and that he remembers you. That when you give to the church, it's as if you are serving Jesus himself. So let me encourage you. Whatever is holding you back, perhaps you've intended to do it. Maybe you're looking to do it. Maybe you're planning to do it shortly. I challenge you, do it now. Whatever it looks like, I don't know. Whatever conversations you need to have leading up to this point, whatever budgeting you need to sit down and make with your family, I don't know what your next step is. It's different for all of us, but I challenge you to do it now. Imparting advice from one of our church family members. Give until it hurts and then give a little more. How can we get to a place in our life where we can have that mode and that mindset? So let's do it now. Whatever God is calling you to do, as you join this family, as you consider joining this family, as you visit us and you're just part of our larger church family, how can we continue to be the generous church that this, this church has been for so many years? Let's pray as we consider that in our own lives. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, that we get to participate in what you are doing in our community, that what you're doing through this church, through these members, God, I am honored to be a part of a church family that loves and gives generously. And Father, I know that there are many people in here that might get stuck on those mindsets. God, that I don't have enough, that the time just isn't right. God, help us be satisfied with what you've given us today. Father, that these are my resources, that I worked hard to earn all of this, that, Father, instead that we will look that these are your resources. This is your blessing that you've given to us and that we should be looking and how we can give it away openly and freely. Father God, that I can give when things turn around, but rather, God, help us be, have a heart and a mind to give now. However hurtful, painful, uncomfortable 
it might make us at any moment, Father, that we will give irrationally. That the generosity that flows from this church, it won't make sense. That when the world looks in and peeks through our windows and sees people giving 25% of their paycheck to your service, they scratch their head and they walk away saying they're ridiculous. Father, help us live radically. Help us have a radical generosity. And God, we pray that the world looks at us and sees that and leans in wondering why. Father, we thank you for this season that you've given us of being thankful. God, we look forward to the season that the world begins hopefully looking and thinking about your son and the birth of our Savior. And Father, we just pray for more opportunities that we can live in our generosity. We say this prayer as your church and your people. Amen.